Faith is the victory we know that overcomes the world. Faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson. From 1 Timothy 2, the verses are 1 through 15, and the title of this week's lesson, The Importance of Prayer, Christians' Relationship to Government, Men and Women in the Church. And from the NIV, the text reads, I urge, then, everyone, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds, appropriate for women who profess to worship God. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. She must be silent. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. Thank God for his holy and divine word. Paul had stayed in Ephesus for two years teaching, preaching, and building up the Lord's church. Timothy was left behind in Ephesus to set in order to to raise up leaders and to suppress confusion brought on by false teachers. These things were most important to the church. In Paul's first epistle to Timothy, he encouraged him, and by extension us, to wage the good warfare. This in part means to faithfully perform the task assigned to us. To do this, Timothy had to hold himself and the brethren in Ephesus accountable for what they taught. We need to do the same. He also needed to teach them about certain actions and expectations. A number of places in the New Testament make it clear that 
Christians are not mere observers of governments. Both Paul and Peter made statements with implications concerning a Christian's involvement in government. In our text, Paul urges in verse 1 that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, verse 2, for kings and all those in authority. Notice Romans 13, verses 1 through 2. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready, to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward everyone. Titus 3, verse 1 and 2. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. 1 Peter 2 and verse 13. Paul emphasized the importance of prayer by using four related words. The first term, supplications, 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, New King James, is also rendered entreaties in the American Standard or petitions in the NIV. Prayer is a direct request made to God asking for his intervention. In other words, an entreaty is a general term used to describe the process of communicating with God. An intercession refers to a request made on behalf of another out of concern. And giving thanks, New King James, refers to expressions of gratitude offered to God. When we drill down on all of these terms of focus for prayer, we recognize our charge is to join together to emphasize Paul's point. All prayers of all types should be for all people. We should pray for the opportunity to lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, verse 2. Again, prayers may include supplication as a request to prevent evil, intercession, an intimate communion to procure good, and giving of thanks as gratitude for all spiritual mercies received. Paul seeks to promote favorable political conditions, continued freedom for a prayerful life, and proclamation of the gospel. We must pray for a life well lived under the overall protection of the civil authorities, which may provide a measure of liberty for freedom of religion. This approach to prayer is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, 1 Timothy 2, verse 3. There is one God and one mediator to whom we are to pray. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, verse 6. As, the, as a divinely appointed apostle, 
as a herald, a preacher, and as a teacher. Paul was in a position to teach Timothy about prayer as a component of worship. He wrote, I desire, therefore, that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting, verse 8. Regarding this declaration, men here is not the broader term anthropos, as in verse 4, which is inclusive of women. Here, the word anir is a term confined exclusively to the male. The reference here is with regards to the directing of the acts of worship. The men are to pray in every place wherever Christian congregations assemble. We are to pray for all people, for God wants all people to come to him and be saved. God has given man free will to come to the knowledge of the truth based on his sovereign will. No one needs to block himself off from laws, societal norms, or values unless those man-made expectations are in conflict with the law of Jesus Christ. Christians may differ in their judgments concerning those who govern, but all believers share Christ's desire that all be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For that reason, all are to pray. All look to Christ as Lord. All confess that governments of men rise and fall, and in the end, Christ will be all in all. As Christians, when we pray, among other concerns, we ought to mention the government and secular leadership. When the apostle writes in like manner, in verse 9, he indicates that both women and men are to pray. Each Christian is to lift up holy hands to God. The essence of prayer did not come by assuming a given posture. The holy hand stands for holy lives. Holy lives ought to accompany prayer. No anger or quarreling befits holy lives or effective prayer. Quarreling, it seems, was not uncommon when false teachers pressed their doctrines on the Ephesian church where Timothy served. Jesus taught a lesson similar to Paul. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they would be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Matthew 6, 
verses 5 through 8. Having stressed the process of prayer and the role to be filled by Christian men in the worship assembly, Paul turned his attention to Christian women. Like the men whose lives were to be characterized by holiness, 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, the women were to adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women professing godliness with good works, verses 9 and 10. He insists, Paul insists, that their outward appearance should not be in conflict with their inner character. Paul is inspired in this characterization. Let them adorn themselves in that which is befitting women who profess godliness in good works. These are instructions for when the church comes together. Men as well are to come together professing godliness in good works. One gender does not have any advantage over the other regarding entrance into the body of Christ. Everyone needs God's grace. Everyone can benefit from the sacrifice that Jesus made. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians 3, verse 28. When an individual is added to the church. Acts 2, verse 47. Equality in Christ does not mean the loss of gender identity. Specific roles are assigned to Christian men and Christian women in Scripture. For example, those who serve as bishops or elders must be the husband of one wife, as we will study on next week, 1 Timothy 3, verse 2. Elsewhere, older women are specifically tasked with teaching various things to younger women. Titus 2, verses 4 through 5. For the church to be what God intends both men and women must fulfill the assignments given to them. Paul added, Let a woman learn in silence with all submission, and I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. 1 Timothy 2, verses 11 through 12. This does not mean Christian Women can never teach men in private, Acts 18 and verse 26. Neither does it mean mothers cannot teach their sons, 1 Timothy 1 and verse 5. That's 2 Timothy. 
Paul's focus is on the worship assembly, where men have been chosen to have the responsibility to take the leading role. Men and women have been given different assignments requiring equality of ability. Paul is reminding Timothy to ensure a worship setting in which men and women are encouraged to embrace their calling, their particular responsibilities as disciples to seek edification of the body. Paul bases his argument on the created order, something of the very nature of men and women. No matter what culture one lives in, it is always true to say that Eve was deceived by the serpent and yielded first to sin. However, God sought Adam after they had partaken of the forbidden fruit. Adam was the responsible agent. Note, but the Lord God called to man, to Adam, where are you? Where are you? Genesis 3, verse 8. Men and women are to cultivate the spiritual qualities of faith, holiness, and seriousness. Prayer is an essential component of a Christian's life. We should pray about personal matters, but we should also pray about things that impact our society and world in a broader sense. We should not limit our prayers uh, to our friends or family members. Neither should we pray only for those with whom we agree because God desires all men to be saved and we should pray for all humankind. Again, the roles God has assigned to Christian men and women do not indicate one gender to be superior to the other. God, in his sovereignty, chose to create Adam before Eve. He likewise chose men to lead in the public worship of the church. He has given women clear and significant responsibilities. This is his choice to make. The roles God has given to men and women are sufficient for all. This lesson is yours. Thank you for your participation in this ongoing study. I pray that something has been said that is uplifting and edifying. Next week's lesson comes from 1 Timothy 3. The verses are 1 through 13. And the title of next week's lesson is Church Leadership. Let us go to God in prayer. Thank you, Father God. You are the teacher. And we are the students. We humbly submit to you, Lord. 
Please imprint on our hearts this day those things that you would have us to do. Impart zeal and courage to continue to serve you in your garden, Father. Thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, who gave his precious life and shed his precious blood that we might live life more abundantly. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering, Father. We come to you asking you for forgiveness of the transgressions we have committed since last time we were together. We repent and seek your will and your way. We, Father God, we pray for those who do not know you. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it is eternally too late. We pray for those who are poor in spirit, both near and far. We pray for leadership in your church and in the world. Father, give them all this day these things they stand in need of to seek your love, your peace, and your truth. Father, we pray for the sick and the shut-in, those who are in the hospital, the nursing home, the rehab center, hospice care. Lift them up, Father, in this their hour of need. Father, be continue to be with us as we know you will be. Help us to be with you. Father, embolden us to be the children you would have us to be. Thank you, Father, for being our God who sits high and looks low. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us all pray fervently one for another. Let us pray for leadership and be constantly thankful for the liberty we achieve by faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Stay joyful and stay safe. Bye for now.